Welcome to the weekend show where we look back at the highlights of the week that was and get you ready for the week to come. Plus, we take your questions about, well, anything reasonable that you want to ask us. It is Saturday, December 19th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I'm certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half-finished basement in Texarkana, Texas, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show, I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Here on Money with Friends, every weekday we share the latest headlines, why they matter, and specific ideas and advice for your financial life. And on the weekends, we share highlights, preview the week ahead, and answer your questions. It was a heck of a week this week, Bobby. Um, rolling through the holiday season. How's your holiday season been so far? Well, Joe, we've been talking a lot about <laughs> seasonal. Uh, uh, is, I know it's SAD, sad, but seasonal, is it affected disorder? What's that called? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I've been having a lot of that. Let's just get real. Yeah. Although, yeah. look, we did, we did celebrate Hanukkah. We did light the menorah and that's been enjoyable and some somewhat of a, you know, ritual routine. So that's always good. But I don't know. How about you? You know, it's been strange with my kids being away, my son in Seattle and my daughter in Japan. It's been, uh, well, I can't say it's been quiet because mom's been working on the house, as you know, and yes. um, between paint fumes and dust all over the place, it's 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 been more construction season than holiday season <laughs> here. I well, you've been in inhaling a lot of fumes, so I we'll have. see how coherent you are for the show. Yes, too. if I say I wacky stuff on this one, <laughs> it's not my fault, people. But we got a, a great week that we just happened. Let's review it, go over all the big ahas we had this week. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tune in to Money with Friends. All right. On Monday, Bobby, what were we talking about on Monday? We talked about holiday bonuses, and that's something that a lot of people were surprised to hear actually are happening, but they're happening in a very surprising way, um, very strategic way. I think it's sort of a way to keep the workers that you need to keep if you can afford it. And they're really prioritizing it because for certain industries, they really need to. Yeah. This is a topic that has come up over and over and over since Monday's episode. Like I have talked to so many people about the fact that it is, um, it is so difficult to bring a new person up to speed, right? And I think that employers forget that when they think about, I have this employee and the employee might go away, or I'm going to go a little cheap this year because I don't have a lot of money. Like, especially in a year like this year, when employers are, are hanging on tight and trying so hard to just stay in business, holding on to your people right now more important than ever. And when you look at the numbers, doing a little bit more to hold on to your person makes so much economic sense versus trying to hire somebody new later. Yeah. just It just would be like another thing to deal with. So yeah, reward the people that you work with so that they stay with you. Absolutely. Ep episodes on Tuesday and Wednesday then, we, we, we were talking holiday season. Yeah, we had Amy E. Goodman, who is a lifestyle and shopping expert that many of you see not only on Kelly and Ryan Live and all of the morning shows, but I am a huge fan of her reels, which is part of Instagram. She does the funniest videos with her kids and her husband and really entertaining stuff. On 
Tuesday, we talked about gift card scammers. It was a story that Amy found, and they were really using the coronavirus pandemic to their advantage because it gave them an excuse not to meet people in person. So they were able to scam people. And you have to listen to the episode because it's a little bit convoluted how they tricked people into getting money from them using gift cards. But it was fascinating how they're kind of amplifying their um, their MO by because of the coronavirus. And then on Wednesday, it, we talked about how to know when it was okay to splurge. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, well just on Tuesday, before we pivot to Wednesday, last year, um, we had a writer from the Detroit, uh, uh, one of the Detroit papers on Susan Tompor on Stacking Benjamins talking about scams. And when Amy was talking about the scams this year, it's like last year's scams, where all they did was they pretended like there was an email from your boss and 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 the boss knowing that 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 last year some companies were already remote probably a lot more companies now remote right uh, email from your boss saying hey I need you to get us some gift cards for holiday people I'll reimburse you later and then people would fall for it they get gift cards they'd send them this email that look a lot we've heard about scams like this before these these where it looks like your boss's email address but one letter's off you know one little tiny thing's off and if you don't look quickly we, she actually told a story about a woman in the Detroit area who bought gift cards for like 85 people using her own money and her boss was going to reimburse her for holiday gifts and sent them off to a scammer yeah, but but man, talking about it, you're right that the scams they're using now make that looks like child's play. The ones Amy's talking about are just you, you really have to be vigilant, don't you? Vigilant, yes, you do. Yes, did I say I said vigilant, didn't I? <laughs> vigilant is where you. It's live early, in the, Joe. You you've been inhaling a lot of fumes. Vigilant is where you live <laughs> in the village. You know, you have to be a vigilant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. All right. And on Wednesday, you were saying? Oh, so we talked about how to know when it's okay to splurge on luxury. And it was interesting because this was an opinion piece and the tone was very much against splurging. But the truth is a lot of people do have money saved up. And I think that if that's something that you want to do, that's okay. You know, I think you just have to be able to afford it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the if you're lucky enough to have a uh, job right now, you you probably have been tightening the belt to some degree, and this time of year, when there are some, when there are uh, so many um, so many deals out there, like if you're gonna if you as as long as it doesn't break the budget, right? What's that? What's that phrase? Spend lavishly on the things that you love, and then ruthlessly cut everything that you don't. If you love yeah, it, why wouldn't you do it? And it's very personal. One of the examples that the author gave was that a lot of people were going out and buying campers. Well, when, you know, in reality, maybe after this phase, this season of our life, they might not use it. Maybe they should rent it. Well, Amy pointed out that her family had one even before the pandemic and they've used it a lot. So it just depends on knowing yourself and knowing what will be of value to you versus what is sort of a passing season of your life. Right. So. Absolutely. And also remember something like that. You may not be able to rent the one that you want because of demand these days. And you may be able to just sell it if you don't want it after this season and maybe you lose a little money on it, but that's okay. Cause you wanted it at the time and could afford it. Gregory hanging out with us says we just found the new tagline for the show. It's early, Joe, you've been inhaling a lot of flumes <laughs> or, or fumes. See, I can't even say fumes. The, um, uh, th that's, that's, what's going to make the show. 
finally, I was going to say, let's see what fumes Joe's been inhaling. That's not good. Uh, we, we then, uh, Adam Carroll joined me on, uh, on Thursday and he and I, Bobby went through a discussion about the fed meeting, which happened this Thursday and everyone expected, and it came true on Thursday, the market to react negatively to the fact that the fed did exactly what it said it was going to do. And we went through, if everybody expected it and interest rates were going to remain low, why would the market be, be, be negative? But even more than that, just backing off that a little bit, you know, so many people see these headlines and they go, what, why, what does a Fed meeting even mean to me in the first place? Like, what is, what does a dovish Fed mean? What the heck? Who cares? And so uh, I thought Adam did a really nice job of walking through what that means for your mortgages. We talked about credit cards, about car loans, whenever you're borrowing money, um, it really matters. So just, even though still 80% of it you don't need to pay attention to, being able to catch the headline, skim for what they're talking about, and staying on top of it is easier than people think. Yeah. And and you have to pay attention also when they do something unexpected. So, you know, a couple of years ago, they started raising rates and that can have a huge impact, not just on the interest rate that you might pay for something like a mortgage, but also on the prices for things like houses, because everything is reactive to those interest rates. Prices tend to get higher when people can afford more. So it does yeah. matter and it does affect everybody. And the flip side that I was really happy you guys talked about is that even though Generally, people think, oh, low interest rates are so great. There's a lot of people that really suffer when you have low interest rates because it does affect the COLA, the cost of living allowance, and it also affects you know, just all the interest that's paid on things like savings and CDs that especially older people might really need to get reliable and safe um, interest on their money where they don't want to take the risk of being in the stock market, but they want to get some return. It's tough. Yeah. When rates are this low, there's just not a lot out there. No, and it's funny. I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. And we really didn't we didn't dive that much into that topic, which is this is a season because rates are so low that people start chasing yields, right? And they hear these things about about these um, interest rates that they can get on investments, and they don't pay attention to the risk. So talk about scams. You know, that's not necessarily a scam, but people lose money because they get tricked into thinking that something that pays five or 6% is really safe when it, when, when it might not be. Exactly. On, uh, There's usually a reason. Yeah, absolutely. On, on Friday, uh, Adam and I pivoted to a topic near and dear to his heart. Of course, his documentary, A Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, was on CNBC, and it was about the student loan crisis, which is still continuing today, sadly, mm -hmm. um, even though that documentary originally came out a few years ago. He, um, he uh, shown the light on a piece that talked about the amounts of student loan debt people have at different ages, at, tw at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. And while some of the numbers for younger people were horrible, man, when you got up, Bobby, to people that were 40 years old, 50 years old, and 60 years old with credit card, or excuse me, with uh, student loan debt, it was, there's, there's some ugly numbers out there for older people. Yeah, I remember talking to a coworker who had kids that were applying to college back at Reuters, and he was like, I'm almost done paying off my student debt. And as a society, there's something wrong with that when you get to middle age and you have student debt. That's just, to me, that says that schools are pricing tuition too high and that we have to figure out a better way because they're just, because 
you, it shouldn't cost that much. I mean, I think you gave an example of somebody that had $120,000 in student loan debt from an undergraduate degree. Why are we saddling this next generation with so much debt? And why have tuitions risen so much faster than inflation over the last few years? I mean, college was expensive when you and I went. Right now, look, my 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 stepson is going, he's a junior, going remotely to NYU, and we pay for it. But it is crippling the amount of tuition. I think yeah. the uh, you can look it up, but it's something over seventy grand without tuition, yeah. without a oh. housing. It's a public number. I'm telling everybody um, without housing and without food. Yeah. So you know we pay separately for his food and his apartment um, off campus with roommates. But I just don't see how anyone would be able to afford even. It just don't. I just it's it's crippling for us. And I think that to who would borrow that kind of money? I mean, how could you do that? It just, it's overwhelming. Just, I can't even, you you understand, I'm just losing my train of thought, even just processing it. Um, And we're the fortunate that we're able to, you know, plan and save and all that stuff, but it's, it's not right. It's not right. I love, but I love Adam's point that, you know, I'm uh, schools talk so much. High schools talk so much about how many people go to college. And in my high school, which was a college prep, uh, Catholic school. It was not just going to a college; it was going to the right college. And I remember, uh, I remember a lot of pressure on not going to this college, but going to that college. Um, and uh, definitely not like where you live, where there's a lot more pressure. Some of these college prep places on the East Coast, super pressure to get into an Ivy League school. Ours was just the difference between University of Michigan and Michigan State. You didn't want to go to Michigan State, the place I went. Which, by the way, infinitely cooler than University of Michigan. Very good school. Okay. Infinitely cooler too. Way better than those losers in Ann Arbor. But the um, but but in my school, it was you need to go to the University of Michigan. And when you look at the when you look at the the reputation of those two schools, though, Michigan State, like you said, a fine school, but but known as you know a big, solid college, Michigan, a little more prestigious, and so Michigan was kind of the bottom rung. My, my, my high school wanted you to go to, and then go North from there. And, um, and, and I don't know when you've got kids that when you've got, uh, kids that are in that pressure situation every day, I didn't know what the cost was, Bobby. I didn't pay any attention to that till I had to pay for my own college starting in year number three of school. Before I got to that point though, it was just the dream in the name. So Mm -hmm. if, if somebody likes the dream in the name of NYU, then they'll do what it takes. And I know we have a relative, not to get too far off track, but we have a relative who sat at breakfast with us once. His, his uh, son is in film studies and, and, and is, um, uh, uh, but it's not, but it's not just film studies. It's like history of film studies. Um, so, so looking back at historical films where the only thing you can really do with that degree for the most part, to my knowledge is to become a professor teaching other people. About that, which would require right? a master's and possibly a PhD to be a professor right now in academia. Exactly right, <laughs> right. So, so, so that's a degree that's going to be more money, and 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 we kind of just intimated, you know, not being rude, just kind of intimated that 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 degree is going to be difficult. And he said, "My job as a parent is to support my kid," which 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 I would kind of argue with that. I think your job as a parent is to support your kid, but also to say, here's the economic reality of, 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 of this decision. You know, are you okay with that? If you're okay with that then 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 fantastic. Um, 
my daughter and I had that discussion and she decided to go with the lower paying job. But she told me, she goes, dad, I know I'm gonna have to work my butt off. I know people in this career don't make a lot of money. I know that it's going to be a lot of people chasing the same stuff. I love it. And that's what I want to do. Great. Go in yeah, with your exactly. eyes open. I think going in with your eyes open is key. Look, my stepdaughter, who's 24 now and doing wonderful in a cybersecurity consulting job, originally wanted to be a teacher. And I think she looked at the economics and the kind of life she wanted to lead. And also, she's really good at it and just decided to switch tracks and get into the informatics school at Indiana. She did great and really got basically the best job she could, you know, a, a phenomenal job. And she really enjoys her work. And she enjoys the feeling of accomplishment that she is working towards a lot of financial independence too. But she changed her mind looking at the economics once she was in college and started thinking forward. How is this going to play out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of discussion here oh, wow. about this topic. We obviously hit a hot button. We hit a hot button. If you people go back and listen <laughs> to the episode, you'll hear you'll hear a lot of hot button. But uh, Rebecca hanging out with us says, everyone needs to find the place right for them, whatever college or even no college. And this is the thing, the emphasis on college at all, um, uh, which I'll get to here in a second. Peter says, I went to community college for two years, then transferred to a state college for the last two years, which really helped to reduce cost. Adrian uh, remarked, that we need to promote community college as a way to do all the general education classes. It's more affordable, provides the same value, state college, then go to state college for your junior, senior year. I'll say this. I really liked what Adam came down with, which is that we need to promote kids going into the thing that is most suitable, right? And right now, and this is a topic you can hear more if you listen to the episode, there are people working on my house right now, and there's a lot of money in the things these people are doing. There's also a lot of value in the thing these people are doing. There's a lot of, a lot of creativity in what these people are doing out, out, out in my house. And so having people kind of feeling like uh, pressured to go into college when really there's a lot of opportunity outside of that is doing a lot of pigeonholing. So you can see people got pretty excited this about that. A really active audience here. And Adrian, by the way, is pointing out the trades pay well. Yeah. Too. Yeah. In just a moment, Bobby and I will preview the week to come. Man, do we have a fun week to come. So you want to make sure you stick around for that. But first let's talk about I'll next week. to it. You and, you and I kicking off the week next week talking about travel. Man, yes. do we have travel conundrums for 2021. Yeah. Do you cancel the trip? Do you rebook <sighs> the trip? What do you do? I remember back in March when I had to cancel just day ahead, I was going to go to Palm Springs to visit my dad and stepmother. And the woman said to me, well, we're offering free rescheduling, but you just have to use it within a year. And I was like, oh, of course. I'm like, I'll just go in a month or something. You know, yeah. I, I was like laughing about that. I'm like, oh, that's not even an issue. And here we are. It's not happening within a year. Like, that's the funniest thing. It's not funny, but you know what I mean? Like, I, it was so unpredictable. I was like, you know, why bother even trying to get cash? I know I'm going to use the tickets. My dad is out in Palm Springs. I know I'm just going to reschedule this for a couple of weeks later. No big deal. And here we are. I don't know. We had to cancel our trip to Japan in March. Luckily, went with the full refund option, which Delta was offering at that time. And by the way, no smart. questions asked, which was great. And then second, just now, we were hoping, I bought last year uh, for Valentine's Day, I got Cheryl a nice uh, uh, stay for us in Quebec, just the winter wonderland, right? Have some fun uh -huh. up enjoying Quebec. And um, 
that uh, I thought, like you said, well, that was even pre-COVID, right? But even when COVID hit, we're like, yeah, we'll still be able to go to Canada. Yeah, yeah, that is, that's not happening now. So we're pushing that one year, hopefully. Hopefully 2022, I'll be able to, yeah. to, to do that for Valentine's Day. And then uh, the Japan trip that we canceled, we were going to go this March. Now we're looking at this October. But even this October, Bobby, who the heck knows? I was talking to Diana Miriam, the, the, the person who runs the Economy Conference, about uh, speaking at that conference. And that is in August, Cincinnati in August. Who knows? Yeah, we really don't know. Yeah. Tuesday, though, you're with a guy that maybe one or two of our fans have heard of. <laughs> David Bach. Yes. He will be coming to us from Florence, Italy, um, where he is enjoying. It was supposed to be a one-year sabbatical. And now, as things change, of course, it's an ongoing sabbatical. And I just love that he did this. I love that he kind of has the courage to just take a break from all the things he was doing, pack up from New York and just move to Italy. And he sort of set up an amazing life there. And I'm excited to get an update on how he's doing. He had a little health blip, so he missed the last recordings. And I'm so happy he'll be back. And um, yeah, we'll hear, we'll get an update. And I will, of course, as we know, be in Florida <laughs> recording that. I think, by the way, for people just joining in, uh, I think Bobby's told me that 57 times since yes. she and I started setting up for today's well, recording. I'm, I'm, I'm looking outside at the blizzard that is New York City right now. <laughs> We're getting six to 12 inches. We're getting more snow today than the entire season, the entire winter of last year, according to the, the weather experts, the You're meteorologists. You can get out of there. What if you can't can get, out? get out? What I if know. you're trapped? I shouldn't say that. Well, Don't we're leaving me. on Saturday. Okay. So, and this, we're recording uh, this on Thursday. Uh, uh, next is on, um, on uh, later in the week, uh, uh, Bola on Thursday is going to join us. Bola Sucumbi from Clever Girl Finance. You're seeing her all over the place, just all over the place because of her new book, which is all about investing 101. And she's been helping us with investing. So I'm sure we're going to talk uh, investing on Thursday. Then starting Friday of next week, we go into special season mode where, Bobby, you and I are going to run down some of the biggest moments um, of the year that was this year. And, oh, my goodness, did we have yeah. a lot of we, – we, narrowing, <laughs> narrowing this to six shows is going to be incredibly interesting. Yeah, this was definitely a year that if we had predicted it at this time last year, we would have been 100% wrong. In fact, maybe we did do. I'll have to look back if we did do a predictions show. That would be really funny because <laughs> I know everything would be wrong because so, so much of this is just, you got to. I mean, I remember when coronavirus started and we did a few shows on it and we were saying, well, should we keep doing this? Is it really going to be? And we were yeah. so wrong. We were so wrong. So wrong. So wrong. I, I'm the economic data front uh, next week, as you would expect, guys, there's there's not that much on Monday. Nothing big, big day today. I guess if we had to point to one day, Bobby, a big day today is Tuesday, gross domestic product. What did we make? Gross domestic product, of course, is uh, is a big number that um, a lot of people point to. So Tuesday might be a big day. Wednesday, durable good orders. That's kind of big. Housing prices will come out. Only three companies, though, with earnings and CarMax and CentOS are included. That CarMax, uh, you know, used car uh, sales could be an interesting thing, but th nothing, nothing else. 
very, very light week as you'd expect for the holiday season. I think that's going to do it, right? Do we have anything else yeah. to do? We, we have, have a, a question. We have a listener question. Yes. It's from Frugacity Finance. The question is, any benefit to contributing to a 401k after the tax benefit, after maxing out the pre-tax benefit on a, I should say on a after-tax basis, after maxing the pre-tax basis? Um, the answer is yes. Should we elaborate? Yes. <laughs> Let's elaborate. Let's elaborate. Well, actually, actually um, it's funny that you say, that's actually funny that you say that because I kind of think no. So this will be good okay. too. Good okay, so talk. first let's talk about like just the factual stuff and then we'll give our opinion on it. So yes, you can, I guess, is first that you can do this. Um, you can make, and, and it's also your employer can allow you to do this. Not everyone may allow this, but you can make an after-tax contribution and you can invest uh, more. It'll give you the potential of tax deferred growth. Not you always, the government will always get their tax. So if you earn money, even if you put in after-tax money into the 401k, you're going to eventually pay tax on those earnings in the 401k, which is a little bit different from the Roth, but that's a different question. Uh, what you can do though, is you could then convert it to the Roth and then you wouldn't have to do that stuff. So it's it just, it's complicated. Um, but if you were to put it into a Roth, which maybe that's where Joe's gonna go with this, you could just put it into a Roth and that could be distributed tax-free as long as you meet the conditions that we all know about, which is that you have to be over age 59 and a half and you have to have five years in it. Yeah, doing after-tax contributions uh, generally is is something that I dislike because if you don't remove that money by the end of the year and it stays there, you're creating all kinds of tax accounting problems for yourself because after-tax money, um, when it when it when it earns money, when you're rolling it over later, you have to separate what's after-tax, what's pre-tax, so you can decide what the tax burden is going to be. And we have seen problems where the whole thing then gets declared after tax because you did a bad job. So you got all this pre-tax money. The government now calls after tax because you didn't keep the right records. So number one, for most people, I wouldn't do it unless you're going to do, Bobby, what you're talking about, this backdoor Roth IRA idea where it grows after tax and then you flip it over into a Roth. And to be able to do that, you have to be able to get at that money. So you have to be able to have something called an in-service withdrawal feature to be able to do that. If you don't have in-service withdrawal available at your 401k, I wouldn't mess with after-tax money. Now, there, there is a way, Bobby, that you referenced that you can do after-tax, which is the Roth option, right? Because that will be after-tax. If your 401k has the Roth option, you can toggle to that, do that. But never, ever, 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 unless you know the convoluted way Bobby's talking about to do the backdoor Roth, never, ever, ever do after tax. It just creates a big headache. It's a, it's Within a great, 401k, right? You, you it, can yeah, do after tax in an IRA, you know, you can, you can contribute to an IRA after tax, just which is going to do what you want to do anyway. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, once again, turn it into Roth because it's just going right. to create a, a, a pain in the butt um, to be able to, to be able to uh, uh, keep track of the accounting on that thing yeah. is well, there are income limits though. So you also have to check that out. Agreed. So. Which is why you would do the, you would do the, the after-tax and then turn it into a Roth, but make sure, man, if you've got after-tax money, do it that year, uh, change it over to the Roth that, 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 that year. Yeah. 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 And stuff. always when you're talking about tax strategies, make sure that you don't pay so much attention to taxes that you 
make the wrong investing decisions. Sometimes people think of things backwards. I'd rather make more money and pay the taxes on it than get so convoluted in the weeds of all of this that I start um, not focusing on what is the best place to invest my money. And um, yeah, yeah. So you should pay attention to that. No, I'm glad Tail you brought that up. Dog, because, yeah. yeah, Gregory also brought that up, Bobby. He says, even if you don't do any of that, still save or invest the money, right? Uh, there, There is, is this... Um, I don't know. There's this feeling I have, which is much like yours, that the that a lot of people pay way too much attention to the tax and realize we would rather have Jeff Bezos tax bill. Like if I could have if I could have Bill Gates tax bill, I would love that because you know what that implies? I've got tons of money. Like I've got so much money. So uh, it's not about paying less tax. It's about having more. Um, and, and often I see people go, well, I'm not going to save any more money because I can't, you know, I maxed out my tax shelter. So, um, I'm done. Well, why, why? No. And you can also just have a brokerage account that is for your savings. You can use that for retirement. It doesn't have to be in a retirement vehicle to have money be for retirement. And remember what's nice about that is that you don't have these restrictions that you have with official retirement accounts. No one says you can't use just general investing accounts for your retirement. Um, Flexibility is so important. Preach. And remember, you you're going to, but no, but even all these things where they're tax sheltered, you're going to pay the tax on that 401k eventually. Everything comes out eventually. The government will tax it. So it's just a question of the timing. And that's something where you want to balance it. But there's nothing wrong with just investing separate from your 401k and that kind of stuff. 401ks are great because they're protected from creditors because your employer often matches what you put in. And that really amplifies it because it has barriers, it makes it tougher for you to get to. So you protect yourself from yourself. But there's also nothing wrong with just saving and investing in regular accounts. Big thanks to everybody hanging out with us today as we make the show. Gregory, Peter, Rebecca, uh, uh, Mike, Adrian, uh, just flipping up through here, John, Tyson, uh, chatty group here today. Thanks for hanging out and for making the show great, making making uh, the end of the week great. Bobby and I back here on Monday talking more Money with Friends. We'll see you guys back here then. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam. Nailed it. Done.